I go upstairs in the bathroom and I cry for an hour. And um, I'm just I'm just weeping. And um, in this moment, I say to God, I've heard you speak to me and I've, and I've done what you've asked me to do. How can I ever trust you again if you don't come through for me now? This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's Supernatural Breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Andrew Montesi here, and I'm excited to bring you our first interview. We're kicking off with Kelwin Apadu. Kelwin lives in Northern California via Mauritius and Australia, and is one of the most brilliant people I've had the pleasure of spending time with. He's a digital marketer and software engineer who's been working in the digital space for over 15 years, helping grow multiple companies into multi-million dollar businesses. He's built top-grossing apps on iTunes, and his strategies have taken his clients' podcasts to the top of the charts. But it is his spiritual journey and insights that are even more remarkable. Kelwin has walked through many highs and lows, putting everything on the line for God, and has seen him come through in powerful ways. Kelwin shares his story and amazing insights, including finding peace even in the toughest circumstances, the importance of sowing and generosity, the acceleration he believes the Holy Spirit is bringing right now, and many more practical learnings that you can apply to your life today. I can guarantee this interview with Cowan Apadu will have a big impact on you. Let's get started. Cowan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Andrew. So good to be here. It's, uh, it's awesome to chat, mate. Um, it wasn't that long ago when I was... Uh, that, that room that you're sitting in right now, that was my bedroom when I stayed at your place uh, only a month or so ago. Uh, a lot's changed since then. So much has changed. If you were here, you'd be quarantined right now. I would. I would. And, and actually, it would be an okay place to be quarantined, I think, because not only are you amazing in business, but you're a, you're a damn good cook as well. And I think, yeah. I think that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, and getting fat right now, too. <laughs> we haven't been able to get out much. <laughs> well, mate, firstly, I want to kick off. Can you just give the listeners some context? What does your world look like right now? Okay, well, about um, six years ago, I transitioned to working remotely full-time. So I, uh, I've been in offices dealing with multiple people all the time, CEOs, getting assets done. And so I'm always dealing with graphic designers, web developers, web designers, you know, just a whole raft of people. And um, eventually, um, we slowly started outsourcing anyway. So we didn't have a graphic design house. We didn't have a web guy in house. We've been outsourcing and I was just at the office project managing and getting things done. And then six, about six years ago, I moved to the US and I kept doing things remotely. And so that's kind of when it started. And so for me right now, nothing much has changed apart from the fact I can't go down to my office downtown and have a shared office. So life is still the same. And it's really interesting to kind of see other people having to transition and um, at the same time you um, you know your world doesn't change much so what about your your actual business have have you been affected by um, kind of the the changes and the and the crazy circumstances out there right now actually things are actually getting better so uh, funnily enough um, because people are, are staying at home so I do media buy so I do uh, ads buy for Facebook mainly and Instagram. And right now what's happening is there's an influx of users on Facebook. And there's been a few articles out saying how Facebook is reducing the bandwidth for videos. I think YouTube is, uh, is doing the same. And um, the amount of people that are doing ads have reduced. So one of my clients, for example, uh, we've moved everything from live in-person events to running to online events, and they're paying 10 times less for the cost of acquisition for a lead compared wow. to doing a live event in person. Wow. 
so it's quite interesting what you're saying and that um that actually things have things have picked up that there seems to be opportunity i mean what are you seeing hearing sensing from others around you perhaps in your network um is there that positivity or is there also um a bit of fear and um, uncertainty as well that's such a good question um Maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was having a conversation with somebody before we went on lockdown. And, um, and I said, and we were talking about the stock market, and that's primarily where most of my clients are, is in the investment space. And um, we uh, had a very, we were having a very candid conversation. And I said to them, uh, the market goes up and down based on greed and fear. So greed and fear controls the stock market. For me to be able to profit from that, so I was just telling you I made 35% in a week. For me to do this, I had to step outside of greed and fear and then look at what's happening and how people are behaving and then being able to make wise and uh, wise decision based on what I'm seeing and not letting greed or fear influence me. And um, and part of that conversation, um, and I, was, I was talking about it looks like there's a cloud there's so much opportunity around, but there's this mist of fear that's kind of going around. And if people just get caught in the midst and all they're seeing is what's happening on the news, you know, all the bad stuff, the toilet paper, you know, like, <laughs> all these things that are happening, they're like, oh, no, like the world is falling apart. Just take a step back and look at actually there's doors that are, op- that are opening right now that wouldn't have been opened before. So for example, uh, with one of the companies, we've been looking at moving to online events for, you know, for this year at some point. We didn't have a timeline. We didn't know when. But because of the virus, because we can't do live, live in-person event, we brought it online very quickly. And now we're seeing great results. And it's, you know, where we want it to be. And there's a lot of triggers we wouldn't have been able to do uh, and decisions we wouldn't have been able to make if we were not in lockdown because we would have said, you know, live events bring most of the revenue while we're going to stop this and, and go online. And now we just have to do online and make it work. It's interesting, I mean, because as a marketer, I mean, you're acting on behalf of clients. You see things a certain way. You're led by the Holy Spirit, but your clients may not be. How do you actually lead them through this process? It's great to be a consultant, right? So people pay you to tell them what to do. <laughs> so at the same time, you get to partner with Holy Spirit, feels what, what's happening, and then give advice based on what you feel God is leading you to. And as a consultant, I don't want to be over-spiritual, right? What is over-spiritual? He's saying, you know, every, every tinkle, everything that I see is... You know, he's coming from God. Maybe I see twice, I see the same time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, six o'clock, six o'clock. Like I need to spend $6 today. You know, it's not, it's not quite bad. That's like, you're going to like this super, you know, spiritual town. I don't want to do this. What I do want is allow Holy Spirit to give me and an, uh, insight and wisdom and for me to test it out, see, um, see what's ha- see what, you know, what the revelations or the things that I feel in my heart is actually going to work. And also there's, you know, more than just revelatory type um, wisdom. So just God just speaking. Some, sometimes it's just the ability to do something that I didn't think I could do in a week, but would normally take two months and we were able to do it in a week. And this is also the ability of partnering with God to be able to do things that normally wouldn't see happen. That's awesome. So how, how do you actually process what you're seeing and hearing you mentioned and it was really well put that that cloud of greed and fear how do you navigate through that how do you um in the midst of it how do you hear and ensure that you're actually hearing from god and not from something else there's a a really interesting book that i read i can't remember the title and we talked about different levels of um of ability to to discern, they talked about the the seventh the seven he- the second heaven mm-hmm. and the third heaven, 
And um, one of the things we're talking about is in the second heaven, it's where all the chaos happens. And you need to get closer to God and away from from the chaos and be closer to his heart. And then where there's peace, that's the place where you make decisions. So when you're seeing greed and fear, you don't want to be caught in there. You just want to go closer to the heart of God in a place of peace and you're making decisions based on peace and nothing else. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. So how are you positioning yourself right now? I mean, you've had these these victories. You've uncovered the opportunity. I guess what we don't know is what's around the corner and uh, where things could be in two months and even two years. But you're obviously a forerunner. You're ahead of the curve. What are you positioning and how are you positioning yourself right now for what's ahead? Okay, so I work in a space in, in, on the online space. So when more people are moving online, there's obviously more opportunities for me to be to be doing business. However, uh, as a marketer, um, I normally ask this question: How much is a bottle of water? What would you say? Uh, whatever it is at the shop around the corner from the office, probably about three dollars. Okay. Three bucks for a bottle of water, but I can make this this the same bottle of water be worth maybe a million dollars. What do I mean by this? If um, I'm in the desert and I have the only bottle of water that's left, and somebody's been walking around for a couple of days, sees this bottle of water and say, "I will pay you any price for this water," right? So in marketing, when uh, there's lack or there's a limited um, uh, when it's limited, you know, people would say, hey, we only have three left. You're like, oh, my gosh, I need to get to get this. This is exactly what's been happening in the supermarket. However, my the way that I do business is different. Normally, people will overcharge in 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 in, uh, in places of um, of lack or calamity or when these things happening this is actually when I turn around and I give it for free. So I could upsell you and make it more expensive for you to have something that's limited and that you don't have access to. But when I see that the fact that you're struggling, I'm actually, the, the way that I do business is I turn things around and I say, hey, because you're struggling, instead of me giving you even the normal price, I'm actually just going to give it to you for free. So this weekend, what I did is uh, I made a post online and said, if anybody uh, lost their jobs, or their business that had to let go of employees. I'm actually doing free business consulting right now. Why? Well, the thing is, I have I, I don't really have um, an attitude of lack. So I'm not actually scared about what's about to come. It's always going to be fine for me. You know, I mean, there's days that's better than others, you know, definitely. But I don't leave my life thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be terrible next month and I'm going to lose my clients and, you know, whatever is going to happen. There's always a way out. There's always something that I can improve on. There's another business. There's another idea. There's something, you know, there's another way for, for things to move. Right now I can see people that are struggling. So one of the people that got in touch with me is a, is a laundry um, cleaning service uh, out of Texas. And they've been struggling right now because all the Airbnbs are closing. So uh, part of our conversation today is they've never done ads. It's always been word of mouth, you know. So I'm like, hey, great, great time for you to actually be running some ads for your laundry service. So totally for free. You know, we had a half an hour conversation and probably another half an hour to set up some ads locally for them and just see uh, how people respond to, to the offers that they're doing. So they're crafting some really good offers for people in the neighborhood to be able to to get laundry services done just to dig a little bit deeper on that what does the act of giving uh, when you could do otherwise what does it do for you and what does it do for the client beyond just giving them something of great value in a monetary financial commercial sense yeah i think it's uh it's giving hope back you know, and it's um it's this this thing that happens when somebody's been kind and good to you. You feel like being you know good and kind to somebody else. 
uh, reciprocity. That's something in marketing. You know, you would see people give you a free PDF or something for free in exchange for your email. And the fact that they've given you so much value and so much content, you you feel as a human to give something back. That's actually a marketing technique, right? But this is outside of a marketing technique. This is me feeling that, oh my gosh, I have so much. Like I've been given so much, I've, I've been blessed so much, and there's something that I can do to help somebody else in time of need. And I feel like, you know, the more you do this, it always um, somehow end up coming back to you at, at some point. I feel like the, the, the whole thing we've sowing and reaping, right? Sometimes you feel like when things are, are terrible, that's sometimes one of the best time to be sowing. And for me right now, I'm just sowing. I'm literally expecting nothing uh, in return from those businesses. I don't have a product to sell them. I'm not expecting more business from them, you know, in a month or two when things are fine. None of that. All I'm hoping is that we can bring back the employees. There's more mouths that can get fed, you know, less stress on the families. And if a business prosper, then, you know, the whole community of the support of employees and of the service of their giving is going to do, to do a lot of good for the people around them. So what's the Holy Spirit been revealing to you about the season we're in and where we're going, particularly in a business context? Not, you've obviously talked through the personal side, but more broadly, what role do you think um, and where do you think it's going for Christians in business right now? What are we being set up for? I think things are changing very rapidly. Um, and I think it's an, it's a time of opportunity to be doing things that we were not looking at doing potentially until the later future. So I feel like it's bringing forward or closer dreams, vision, aspiration, ideas, things you wanted to work on, but you never got the time to. Now you're locked at home, you know, for two weeks and you, you, you have the time, you know. And also, um, even even in, in terms of business is looking at, hey, if you were struggling in your business before, this is just going to keep pushing the button down. You know, this is going to drastically keep keep going down. If uh, you were doing good, um, you know, you're probably still going to be doing good because um, there's some business that are still doing really good or for you to be able to come up with a new plan, come up with new strategic ideas for you to actually be diving, finding new ways to expand, finding new ways to be doing business that you might not have been thinking about before. Yeah, that's really good. I guess one thing that I'm keen to focus in on as we um, get a bit more practical, as believers in business, what is the what's your recommended strategy to manage crisis and i'm not just talking about the one at the time of recording that we're in with the coronavirus but generally in times of crisis the market drops a new competitor comes in whatever it is maybe take us through your own process as to how how you would respond and how you would recommend to your clients to respond so um, business crisis, I've been for a few of you know, a few of them. Uh, I remember shaking, you know, like having conversations with people and just shaking in my chair. Um, you know, there was a time we were letting go of, um, of maybe out of 16 to 17 of our staff, I was probably letting go um, about 12 or 13 of them. Wow. And that was very rough. That was around the GFC. And uh, the global financial crisis uh, a couple of years back, and I, you know, uh, I was running, I was running through this, and I remember so much, like how scared and how much I was, <laughs> my my body was responding to this, and um, and today we are, I, f I feel like, thankfully, I've grown a little bit both as a man and and spiritually uh, around that, and even, you know, while well, well, the crisis we're in now, my wife was like. I, I feel so at peace just because you are so calm. I'm like, okay, I don't know what, what we need to be worried about, you know, to kind of start with. For businesses that are in crisis or hits crisis, this is some of the approach I'm taking in my own personal life. Um, and, I, and, I, and I talked about peace. I feel like peace is like a compass. It needs to guide us towards the decisions we need to make. 
and it also needs to to be a place for where we can go back in our own business to kind of go and say okay this all these things are happening outside of my control i need to just go back to a place of where i'm not losing peace and the bible talks about peace being a person so it's kind of finding that person back and 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 building that relationship back about hey what is peace telling me right now and how should i be acting so how do you bring yourself to that point because you know i think back to the times where i've faced those challenges and you you know you you pray and it's like blah 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 blah, blah god like this is where it's at and i'm stressed and i'm worried and, and it just becomes this um you know you're just letting it all kind of fall out but there's still mm-hmm. so much fear there how do you actually how do you actually find peace as a person Okay, I got a great story for you. Good. I was um I just had the best week, month, two weeks of my life. Right. I graduated um the, the school I was at. I went um took my wife now on a date to Iceland. So I flew her to Iceland. I flew there, we had an amazing date. Then I went to Stockholm for a little bit. Then I flew to Switzerland in the Alps, staying at this massive five star resort. Um, just 18 course meals. Like I'm having the time of my life, Andrew. I mean, <laughs> the time of my life. It's like, you know, you're at the top of a peak. And um, the the wedding was great. The, the morning after the wedding, my family came to pick me up in Switzerland. And, um, you know, they drove two hours to come get me. They prepared a meal. I haven't seen them in, in years. And my cousin came well, having such a such a fun time and they took me to this restaurant for lunch and i'm having this crazy stomach pain man it was it was weird and it's italian food i mean i'm 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 hungry and i can't eat like nothing is going through by the afternoon i'm the i'm in the er in switzerland and i'm flying back to the u.s the next day oh no so I come from this high of like life is amazing and now feeling the worst pain of my life. And I had a gallstone. And so my gallbladder was just going nuts. So I flew on some form of painkiller back into the U.S. And I was alone uh, in my house for about 10 days before I could get the flight back to Australia. So I didn't know what was happening. I was sweating uh, I was shivering and I couldn't sleep. I mean, it, I couldn't eat. I didn't eat for about 10 days. I just had to have uh, like water just because any, any type of food would just trigger the gallbladder to just, you know, try to push that, that stone out and it was massive pain. And I, <laughs> I think it was the closest thing to death, but I, I can think of in terms of pain. And I was like, this is nuts. And I've never been sick, you know, in, in like severely sick in my life. And um, I remember one night I said, um, I said to God, you need to speak to me. You need to give, you need to speak to me. You need to give me a word. And, you know, I've been like reading my Bible, like, you know, just as a good Christian, like I've been like diving through and, you know, I believe that God can heal today. So I've been praying for God to heal me. Um, I have like, some of the greatest people you can think of to pray for me. Like I did all the the things that I need you know needed to do at the same time. Obviously I was going to the hospital, getting scans, and all those things were happening but I was still still in crazy pain. And then God spoke to me. And uh you know at like whatever, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and said, um, my grace is sufficient. And all I could think, I'm like, is this like a Chris Tomlin song? Like, is this a song, the lyrics of a song? But I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm gone by man. And um, so I just pulled up Google and Google those words. And I'm like, of course, Paul said that. I mean, obviously it's in the Bible. Like, uh, I know this. And, um, and then that one word kept me through from when I was flying back to Australia in pain. And the day I landed in Australia, the pain left. Like I was trying to trigger the, the pain so I could go to the hospital. I had pizza, I had macas, I had everything to try to get the pain. And I haven't eaten in 10 days. And I was fine. Yeah. I was totally fine. And uh, I eventually went to, to get uh, surgery done in Australia, which in itself was a miracle because I had to, you know, out of pocket, I think it was like 8K I had to pay 
and uh, and it was all done. And but that one word, you know, my grace is sufficient, kept me through. So if you are in a business or if you're in a situation in your life and you're in a time of crisis, you need to step back into this place with God and just ask for God to give you something to hold on to. And that, that was like the biggest thing that I did. That's such a good story and such good advice, mate. Um, I guess as we continue to talk through the, the strategy side, how do we position ourselves to get on the front foot, particularly if we're in a position where in business we are right on the back foot right now. We are hanging on for dear life. I think a lot of wisdom. Um, go get advice from other people that have been there before you are doing, still doing well, many if you're struggling right now. There are system processes, maybe there's, uh, there's things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing or things that you don't even know that you could be doing. We've stepped into businesses, we've changed one thing, like one thing, um, uh, a great example is um, just this business that processes millions of dollars uh, in subscription, millions of dollars. And um, and they started losing revenue, and so we, you know I got called in and just kind of give them some advice, and um, we just did one thing to kind of help them over the long term. And this one thing that we did is um, on um, depending on the service provider, you can actually get the credit card to auto update if a credit card failed, right? So it's super simple, and uh, just that helped them uh, start moving the subscription level up because now we didn't have expired cards, like hundreds of cards being expiring every month. So now we could keep charging the clients. But just one thing. So um, getting advice is super important. Find somebody who's done it before you is in the environment. That's one way to start getting ahead. We've partnering with God. I think it's important to kind of, as business people, to set time to not have your phone, not have any distractions. I mean, Andrew, you're married with kids. I mean, you know, and you probably have kids waking up early and, you know, and having these, it's it's very important to, uh, to take at least, I would say, half an hour to the bare minimum. Just go, stop thinking about what you, what you need to be thinking, you know, um, or, you know, what's bothering you, I would say, and kind of go into, find this peace this place of peace that we've been talking about so much. And then, and then we, when you found that peace, then start bringing some of these questions that, that you have maybe want to, um, you know, to solve issues that you currently are facing or uh, asking this very, this, this very question, in your business. So uh, how do I get ahead and find solutions and let, and let, you know, journal and what uh, maybe God is speaking to you about at the moment. Tell me a little bit more about how you partner with God on this. Uh, partnering with God is um, um, is something that I didn't know was possible to start with. So um, the the way that I do it is um, if, I'm, if I'm working on a project, sometimes I used to work off coffee shops and um, one day I just stopped we um, we reached, um, you know, Facebook was going, Facebook algorithms was going nuts, you know, at the time. And so I just had to stop, kind of close my laptop and go back to this place and kind of go and say, okay, so God, you know, you know, all the algorithms that have ever been written, you know, everything that, that can happen with or whatever Facebook does. So what should I be doing right now? What are the little steps that I should be doing? And kind of just guiding and, and kind of taking notes and saying, oh, okay, so is this something that I could do? I could test out. So I started testing a lot of things. And um, and eventually we broke through. And um, to give you an idea, we, you know, we doubled the business um, after that, after this whole algorithm catastrophe, just because we were, we were needing to find another solution. And we just kind of spent time with God. And this is these are things that, you know, my clients don't know see or, or think about um, another example of that there was a company that uh, needed to get their subscription level up and um, I consulted with them uh, we reached they reached their goal in a particular date in, in February and then um, 
I was in another coffee shop and I just felt um, uh, I've been reading this book called this book called Small Big, just small changes with very big um, effect mm. uh, that happens. So small changes for a very big outcome. And um, I was thinking about the book. I just felt like um, you know I should write this one particular line in this in this um, in this copy for for them. So I just sent sent it to them and. Uh, they made 25% in that week of a target goal that they reached like two or three days before. 25% increase. Incredible. Just from writing one line in the copy. It's been a real consistent thread um, through our chat is that you have this way of partnering with the Holy Spirit to identify just small things, seemingly small things, one minor change can absolutely change your world. You know, um, I had an idea for an app. I think we're talking about this. I have this grandiose idea and I just, you know, I I chew on it. So I'm, I'm always thinking about it and I'm like, okay, how does it work? What do we need to do? Okay, so I need to get a merchant facility. I'm thinking about like all these big things that I need to do. And I just get didn't have peace about it you know we're talking about this thing of having peace of guiding us compass and just it was just not the right thing i mean it was a great idea but i didn't feel i was the way to do it so i went from let's say this mammoth idea to going down to doing one thing and doing it really well which was to connect the app to facebook to send push notification instead of doing like sms and you know like all this type of stuff so sometimes with god it doesn't look like having to have more complexity, but actually bringing more simplicity into, into what needs to happen. Remember it, remembering it's a partnership, right? So um, in the Bible, there's so many great stories um, with people partnering with Holy Spirit and getting things done. And I've, um, I feel like um, for me, the, the story of, um, of Jesus at the wedding is one of the best stories on partnering with God. Mm. So good. I guess as we continue to just, I've got a couple more questions just on the more practical side of things, but we talked obviously a fair bit about marketing. You've brought through a fair few insights around the digital space and the opportunities that exist at this time. More strategic, more strategically though, what, how should business leaders be thinking about marketing and approaching their marketing right now, particularly with the guidance from the Holy Spirit, when at the moment everyone else, well, at least it feels like most other businesses are slashing budgets, shutting things down, consolidating, locking up. How should we be thinking about marketing right now? So I think that for some businesses, this is absolutely the wisest thing for them to be doing right now, you know? which would be to be looking at where they're spending money, where they shouldn't be spending money and kind of doing a review or a business kind of lift up as practically as it can be. Because there's, there's things that are leaking money, for example, but you never actually, you know, took the time to actually go and fix it. And now is the right time to go and get these things sorted. I think there's the motivation also with, okay, when, you know, people would say we're in crisis mode. And so right now we need to be looking at where we're spending money, where we shouldn't be spending money, where, what is actually working, what is not working. So it's kind of a business, a forced business evaluation uh, on a practical sense. And so I think there's, there's wisdom in there 100% for what people are also, what people are doing. As I mentioned at the start, if you don't get caught in greed and fear, and you kind of take a step back into going to this place of peace and then looking at your business from this from this aspect in terms of marketing in terms of things that you're doing be be kind so tell the story of kindness so telling stories and being kind and this thing that it's gonna it's gonna be okay so i'm not i'm not living in a place of greed right now by giving free and i i don't like giving, giving free consultations because People don't value um, free stuff. You know, when they pay for something, they're actually going to go home and actually act on it. When it's free, they kind of, ah, oh, you know, it didn't cost them anything. So normally I don't do a free consultation. Right now, I just think there's an exception for that. 
But what can your business do to help support your community, your clients that might be you know, in a tight spot? What can you do right now to help them? And that's a, a part of marketing. That's a part of giving where reciprocity might not pay off in a month, in two months, but for forever, the way you've made this client feel, the way you've allowed for them to, you know, get through their business and they will for forever might be a client of yours, you know, outside Mm. of this. So in terms of marketing, go and be kind, like go and do something that people will remember you uh, because you've shown kindness and don't do it because it's a marketing thing for you to do, do it because that's what you really want to do. Yeah, that's such good advice. I mean, we've talked a lot about marketing, but you're also a developer uh, who has a very strong understanding of technology. How do you see the role of technology interweaved with what the Holy Spirit's doing, interweaved with the the climate of crisis, as we're saying? Do you realize how much worse this was going to be if technology wasn't here? Oh, but it's hard to fathom how bad it would be. Right. So I think technology has helped us, you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, you're spending too much time on your phone. Now everybody's on their phone. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was talking to my cousin, uh, he's a, he's a pastor. Um, and, uh, he's like, there's all these people that were like saying how Facebook is, is evil and people should not have Facebook. And now they're doing Facebook lives on Sundays. So realizing, hey, there's not just bad in technology. There's actually things that technology can be leveraged for for something really good. I think tech right now, tech is going to boom so much. Why? Because there's this need that, that's been created. It's also probably going to leave an imprint on a lot of businesses that what do we do uh, if we're not able to um, if we're not able to carry on our business without our shops being open should now be the right time for me to open an online store you know while they're at home so we can start selling things online so for example there's there's restaurants now that should really be thinking about um, allowing for people to order online pay via credit card and we can do delivery or for for people to go and and pick up right so the payment is significantly uh, easier doing it online having a process and having a system um Online marketing, taking care of your social image. It's not just the shop front. Now it's, hey, I shouldn't have been working on my Instagram page. I shouldn't have been working on my Facebook page. Well, you know, the best time to start is actually now. It's uh, it's not waiting on it. So I think there's great opportunities for those that are at home, um, are in business, are looking at how do I leverage technology through because it's not just on the social and the marketing aspect, but there's also, I believe, new inventions that's, that's going to come out from this time where there's several businesses that might come up with new solutions to be doing things that, you know, would not have had them in this, um, in this tech, tech part, uh, you know, involvement if their business were not, uh, were not closed right now. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm super keen to talk to you about is this thing of lack and provision. Um, you know, when I hung out with you back in Feb, uh, we had some awesome chats where you shared some stories of, um, of those just miracle, miracle provision that you've had throughout your life. And I think there's some listeners who could, who could do with hearing um, at least one of those testimonies now. Are you able to share with us a time when it was God or bust for you and, and that process? <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of stories in the time. <laughs> so, uh, to uh, to give you um, uh, some some context, I was I was born uh, in Africa on island of the coast of Africa, to be more precise. So um, the the average pay isn't more than you know at the time wouldn't be more than two three hundred dollars a month. You know, I think that's that's like on the high end for like an you know somebody who's you know doing pretty good. That's like 300 bucks a month. I mean, that's nothing in, in Aussie dollars, right? Yeah. You barely can pay your rent sometimes for this. Yeah. And um, so I've saved up my whole life. So I was 18-ish and um, moved to Australia. 
um, to give you an idea, one semester of uni was about four, five thousand dollars a semester. You know, two semesters a year, so that's ten grand. And um, so I paid for my first semester, flew over, and uh, I had no wisdom, Andrew, in terms of money. No, I mean, seriously, I had no budgeting skills and nothing like this. So, you know, I was not doing anything too crazy, but I was definitely not being wise with my money to start with, but not like, just like, you know, not budgeting as an example. So I didn't have a cap on my expenses on my monthly and stuff. So within um, within six months, I had 20 cents in my left in my bank account. So that's for context. I had no money. And um, I basically lived with us and I couldn't work. So I was applying for all these jobs. I could not get work. And it was so rough, so rough. I remember going for interviews and um, to be like a French translator for some company, right? And I speak French and uh, go to the building and, you know, the um, the receptionist would sit me down and say, yes, you know, X person is going to come get you in half an hour. I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm I'm there. I'm sitting. And they come get me in like 45 minutes later and say, hey, um, so uh, we're not expecting anybody. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not expecting anybody? I'm here for an interview, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so I couldn't get work and I'd have all these random things happen to me. And I just, you know, I, when somebody says to this, this to me now, I'm like, you know, a little bit more cautious about how I, uh, how I take care of this, you know, sometimes an excuse, but I really couldn't find work and, and not for lack of trying. And, um, and then, so I just couldn't do anything. And I just felt God was saying, Hey, I'm going to take care of you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have no money. And, um, there was not one day where, um, you know, I mean, during that time I've, I've fasted for like 20 to 30 days, you know, I was doing some crazy stuff just because I didn't have any money. That's incredible. But I would have envelopes come in with thousands of dollars with only my name printed on the envelope. Um, I would, um, you know, I was at this time, a particular time where um, I, I went to help somebody with a computer and they gave me like 50 bucks. You know, it, it took me like two minutes to sort it out. And I'm and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I owe like 400 bucks or $600 in rent and back, you know, back like two months of rent or three months of rent that I owe. And these 50 bucks are not going to do much for me. So I take the $50 and I put it in the offering basket and I'd have like $250 back and um and just when you when you go to this place when you don't have anything when you don't have nothing like that's um that's kind of a that's kind of a place where you kind of have to lean on god and it's not necessarily a season that i want to be living back in but i'm glad that when it did happen that i did lean on god and didn't kind of you know uh, get scared and, and move back home or, you know, didn't follow what I felt like I needed to do, but, um, and restrained from that. And, um, long story short, I, uh, end up in Canada because my mom moved to Canada from where we were, um, uh, from, from the island and she moved to, to be with her brother in Canada and pays for my flight. And I said to her, I will only take the flight if you get me a return flight back to Australia. And she's like, well, you're going to come to Canada and, you're never going to go back. I mean, why would you? And she knows what, you know, how, how hard it's been. And um, so I get to Canada and she says to me, hey, your your uncle's going to come and have a conversation with you. Uh, are you going back? And I said, yes. And I'm flying back the next day. And, you know, I have a house, I have plenty of food, I have clothes, I have everything. And um, and so and she's like, you're going back? I'm like, yeah. And so she's like, yeah, your uncle's going to come and have a chat with you. Talk some sense into you. Yeah, took some sense to me. And, you know, fair fair enough. I mean, I'm 19 or 20 at the time now. And uh, and he goes, um, hey, Kevin. I'm like, hey. He's like, um, so I heard you're going back tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. He's like, um, have you have you got money for uni, to pay for uni? I'm like, no. Have you got money for food? No. Have you got money for rent? No. And he goes, um uh, have you got a job? I'm like, no. He's like, are you crazy? Like, have you lost it? 
and uh, I had no answer. I just stayed quiet. I mean, what am I going to say? Um, you know, he's uh, he, he he's not a Christian, and you know, he has no. I can't bring faith into this into this place. But for me, it was all nothing with God. You know, it's um, I'm 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 the type of person who is either all in or I'm not in. So it's like I will I will go and and I'm in in this or I'm not in this. And um, so he's like, hey, I'm coming home. Uh, in a few hours, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a chat. Okay, so I go upstairs in the bathroom and I cry for an hour, and um, I'm just I'm just weeping. And um, in this moment, I said to God, I I've heard you. I mean, I'm a young boy. I, it's the first time I've really clearly heard God speak to me. And I say, I have heard you. I have heard you speak to me, and I've and I've done what you've asked me to do. How can I ever trust you again if you don't come through for me now? That was the, the base of a prayer. Wow. And I know I have heard from you. I have done what you've asked me to do. How can I ever trust you again? And which is a fair question to ask. How can I trust you speaking to me again for me to go do it if you don't come through for me now? Because I knew that was the last straw. So an hour later, clean my face, walk downstairs, and uh, I just hopped on the computer and I opened an account that that day. Uh, um, you know, there's online banking, so I'm checking my V. Everything is working fine, kind of thing. And uh, so yeah, logged in, and then on the side there's an ad. And I've been I've been a Canadian resident for maybe two weeks now, right? I, I just got my Canadian residency. There's an ad that says you could be eligible for student. Um, for like hex payments, you know, for like uh, a hex um, thing. I'm like, okay, clicked on it, read through the whole requirement. I'm eligible. I have all the stuff that we need. So I, uh, I said to my mom, hey, have a look at this. I think um, so the Canadian government basically paid for my studies, for food, gave me a laptop and extra money for rent and expenses on top of that. And um, so I basically got a hex loan, which for me was the, the way out. I mean, I couldn't get a loan to study in Australia from where I was because the, the amount was just ridiculous, right? And um, yeah, and within a couple of years, I paid off. I was the first one in my family to pay off their student debt. So totally paid off. And But I knew that was the door that I needed to take. And that was the, for me, that was like the saving grace in that time. Oh man, it's it's such an incredible story, and just like for a young bloke, just just that faith. And I think this is the thing: like, there's the story of the the faith and the miracle and the provision, but it's your clarity that you'd heard from God, and you knew what He'd said, and so you stuck to it. Because, as you said, you had every opportunity to to stay in Canada stay in Canada, live in comfort, um, avoid the hard things. And I think if you hadn't have heard so clearly from God and if you weren't so sure, then it would be very easy to waver. I'm very stubborn too. <laughs> Just to kind of put it into context, I'm very stubborn. And, you know, and some somebody might be hearing this and say, oh, you know, you must have had this crazy super spiritual life and, you know, and all this type of stuff. I didn't. Um, you know, part of my life was still a mess. Um, I was not making wise choices. Um, I think there's a fun story where I woke up one morning and I felt God said to me, I was thinking about a suit and I felt like God was telling me that he was going to give me a suit. I only have a hundred, you know, dollars in my, in my pocket. And I just felt, Oh, you're going to give me a suit. I'm like, okay. And God said, I will give you a suit. I'm like, Oh, that's, this is awesome. Go to the shops that same day find the suit that I actually was dreaming about or thinking about that I wanted to get. It's the ex it's like the money that I have in my pocket. Like I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it. I mean, there's no wisdom here. <laughs> Zero wisdom, you know? And, um, and that, which is another crazy story because I pay for it. I go down the, the escalators. Somebody that I've met maybe once in my life um, but knew my family walks in front of me, shakes my hand, giving the money that I just bought the suit from with, you know, and God was like, yeah, well, I told you I was going to give it to you. So there you go. That's it's, insane. You know, but, 
there's no wisdom in 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 you know in this. Well, I was a I mean I was a young bloke. I don't know if I have the same courage to do the same thing today. But even though I was stubborn, even though you know what was, was happening in my life, God still showed up. So it's not about being qualified or thinking that you know you need to have everything sorted, get together. You're reading your Bible an hour every day. You're on your knees every day and you're praying and you know you're going to church and you're being good Christian. I mean, yes, and yes, it's important to be building, you know, your foundation and everything else. I'm not saying don't do this, but I'm saying that don't think that God can't come through for you where you're at today, even though it might be your fault, your mistake, lack of wisdom into what you've done, decisions that you've made. Where you're at today is where God wants to come and show up. It doesn't, you don't have to go and, and have made better, better choices before. Even though in your mess, that's where God can come and and can come clean it up, you know. And I don't want to give people the impression that, you know, I had such a crazy, super spiritual life, and then mm. that's why God was rewarding me with anything else. Um, that's not that's not how it works. God is just good, and will come find you in your mess, take you out, clean it up, and put you in a better, you know, into a better place. Oh man, that's so good. Perfect lead-in to uh, the the final section of our chat where I'm really keen for you to uh, equip our listeners with some weapons. Um, so some shortish questions, mate, to kick off. Um, can you tell us what's one daily habit you'd recommend to enable our listeners to get on the front foot every day? Wake up early. How early? And. Andrew, you've you've stayed with me for yeah. about a week or something. <laughs> you are <laughs> you know, early. you know, I'm an early riser. Wake up early. If uh, if you need to add another half an hour, and let's say you wanted to to have this half an hour that I was talking about to just to just you know set your day up, right? Whether it's to uh, spend time with God, read your Bible, put some worship on, like whatever you need to do. If that was something you wanted to do, if you're already doing this and thinking, hey, you know what, I need to upskill myself in marketing not not to do marketing but to be sharp when i'm having conversation about marketing or reading another business book or doing something else and i don't feel like i have the time have wake up half an hour early and dedicate that time to doing this you know i feel like um waking up early is underrated you know and i do understand some people work better at night but for me, like when you've let go of like your days gone and you've had all these things happen, uh, I don't, I mean, for me personally, my mind doesn't work well, you know, in the very late night. I, uh, it's not, it's not my prime time. My prime time is the morning. So I wake up super early and uh, that's for me, that's like my, before eight o'clock. I mean, this is like my power. I can do so much before eight o'clock, but, you know, for the rest of the day. So that's like it was three hours. Like I'm, I'm up normally at 4, 4.30, 5.30, depending on the day. And um, that's like prime moment for me. So yeah, that's like a very practical thing. There's a book called, I can't remember if it's the, the Morning Miracle or The Miracle Morning. And uh, talks a lot about this. But this is something I've been practicing before I read the book. I've just always been an early riser and trying to get stuff done before 8 o'clock. It's a really good call one thing I would add to that is maybe work with the Holy Spirit on this as well because it's funny, in the lead up to all this coronavirus stuff or whatever, um, I reckon for the month prior, I kept waking up about 3 a.m. or 3.15 a.m. every morning. And at first, I was fighting it and saying, oh, this you know insomnia thing, like whatever, fight, 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 fight. And I thought, no, actually... What if it's the Holy Spirit who's trying to snap me out of my kind of crazy days where I'm not setting enough time aside? And what if he's actually calling me to a, time, a, a period to spend that clear time with him? So then I just started going with it, getting up for an hour, praying, reading the Bible. And then I'd go back and fall straight to sleep and sleep really well. And I reckon I did that. And it was like it fully empowered my days. And I, I didn't feel tired. There was a grace on my day. And I'm like, I actually think it was it was building me up for for this period that we're in now. So that's just a little bit so of an addition. Yeah, that's really good. I think being being so sensitive about or sensible, 
and sensitive about what's happening around you, what your body needs, what what God is doing in you. And, you know, there's there's been season where I've been waking up at, you know, maybe seven or eight, which is late for me. And But I just knew that my body needed the rest. So instead of taking it, you know, as a pill or a formula, it's more like, hey, what do you need? But finding that time, I think, is so critical within your day. Good call. What about a Bible verse of inspiration that you would share? I was reading, um, uh, one, strangely enough, I, I don't think I've cried so much reading the Bible, and the book was Song of Songs, which is the weirdest thing for, you know, for somebody to be crying reading Song of Songs. So um, I'm reading the Passion Translation at the moment, and, uh, and uh, I can't, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the verse, and it's talking about, even though there's fear and darkness around, I will still go to the mountain top with you. And uh, and I feel like this whole theme of hey, there's like this fear and chaos and things are you know are going around. When God speaks to you, to actually follow through with what God is saying and doing and saying hey, okay, there might look like chaos around me, but when you speak, I will go to the mountain top with you. I will allow for you to guide me where you need where you need me to go brilliant and flowing on from that a is there a worship song that you dig in right now or that you would recommend to set the right atmosphere in these times so i have my go-to probably one of my go-to album is uh, brian johnson has got an acoustic set album and it's just one of the most peaceful like worship set and one of my one of my favorite albums that's up right now is Jeremy Riddle, just released a live album of his um, of him being live, and just track one just gets me, you know, <laughs> to start with. What's it called? Um, I can't remember the, the name of the album, so it's on um, it's on my phone. But uh, I can yeah, yeah, find it. Look it up. Yeah, but uh, Jeremy Riddle. Um, and, um, yeah, he's super, I mean, the guy himself is, is amazing. It's called Holy Ground Live Around the World. That's nice. the name of the album. Awesome. You've mentioned a couple of books. What's one book that you'd recommend to empower? Um, there's so many books that I read. Um, so if you're a business looking at finding good marketing solutions and, uh, what I was talking about. So there's a book called Small Big. It's um, um, just case studies or scientific tests or uh, in marketing. So talking about you know things that we've tested and small changes they've made that had a really big impact. I absolutely love this book. Um, another book I talked about was The Morning Miracle of a Miracle Morning. Uh, it's one of his titles. And uh, it talks about waking up early and why, you know, how to set up your day uh, from the start and um so these are like two great books that um you know i would say if if you're in this space kind of go for it and um yeah and right now i mean i'm reading uh, hebrew based stories and bible studies right now so nothing you know nothing kind of business-ish related um at the moment i just this is something that i've been super passionate about for the for the last couple of months. So that's what I've been kind of digging in for. That's cool. Uh, I guess as we finish up, mate, I'm wondering if you would uh, pray or release a, a prayer of impartation, particularly with someone of your um, insight and skill to navigate this space, if you could maybe just pray through some words to, to encourage and impart to, to our listeners. Absolutely. God, we thank you so much that you are here in the midst of chaos in the midst of panic around us, I pray for Jesus, you are the person of peace. So we pray for anybody that's listening right now that might feel like um, they feel constrained or they feel like um, chaos is happening around them and they're losing control over what's what their life is. Jesus, I pray you as a person of peace that you would just step into the room right now. That God, you would bring so much peace to their heart, to their mind, to their soul. And God, um, I pray for um, crazy ideas right now. There's, there's businesses in here that need to have um, something new that to happen or 
or something else that we need to look at, a new solution. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak, whether it's in dreams, in visions, for great consultants, having the right people at the right time to come and and saying sometimes it could just be opening and clicking on an ad that we see uh, on the computer, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would bring the right solution to them. I just pray that uh, people will be able to step outside of the chaos, outside of the fear, outside of the things that that is happening uh, around them, that we'll be able to come closer and closer to your heart, God, that we feel your heartbeat, that they know um, the confidence of what it is to be in your arms and being led by you. So, God, I just pray that people would just have this overwhelming sense of peace, just navigate through the business, through their life, through their families, their relationships, and everything else that's happening around them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, mate, just so good. Um, we've been talking for just about an hour, and we could definitely keep on going i know some of your other stories and i would love to ask you those but i think um we should probably wind it up at least for part one until i get you back for part two uh so mate thanks so much for sharing your insights so much gold there and um we'll talk soon absolutely see ya Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.